Let us pray together. Dear God, we thank you for all the many dear people, all the saints who have carried your song of love into our lives. And we pray that your spirit now would empower us to do the same in our lives for others, so that through us, your song may go on. We pray through Christ, the great singer. Amen. Herb, do you want to put up the photo? Or the painting, that is. So during Ernie's recent hospitalization, Ernie and Lois have helped me to notice again the great, great power of singing. Because night after night and day after day, they have been singing together as they've been wrestling with the impact of Ernie's brain tumor. Hymns like Calm me, Lord, as you calmed the storm. Don't be afraid. My love is stronger. And my life flows on in endless song. Singing has helped them through times of deep uncertainty and deep anxiety to pray, to know how to pray when they didn't know how to pray. It's been their lifeline to God. It's been their lifeline to each other. And it's been their lifeline to us, their faith family. Since love is Lord of heaven and earth, how can they keep from singing? And after Ernie was transferred to rehab on Wednesday, their very first request was for singing visitors. <laughs> Don't you love that? Singing visitors. And a first group from our church went to sing for them on Thursday, a dozen. I said to sing for them. I should have said to sing with them. Very important. And another group is going to be going there this coming week. This dear couple is showing us how to keep on living and how to keep on singing to the very end. And in this light, I want us to reflect this morning on our scriptures and on our focus on the great cloud of witnesses through this beautiful lens of music and singing and song. So in the centuries before Jesus, the Hebrew prophets keep trying to teach their people how to sing God's four-part harmony of shalom, doing justice, 
loving kindness, and walking humbly with God. But sadly, their community's singing of this beautiful song keeps sliding off key, turning dissonant, turning discordant. And so finally, God decides to draw near to our world. And in Jesus, God's song becomes flesh and walks and sings among us. And slowly folks begin to realize that Jesus, with his perfect pitch, is restoring and clarifying the central melody of God's song that runs through all the laws and the prophets. Amidst all the 613 commandments of the law, he is asked today, what is the central melody? And his answer, love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and might. And then he has a second response. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love is the central melody of the gospel. Love is the central melody of God's song. And now he forms a new choir of fisher folk and zealots and tax collectors and outcasts and sinners to come sing this beautiful song like it's never been sung before. Praise God. You see, dear friends, Jesus is the pioneer, is the perfecter of God's song. This outcast loving, prayer infused, woman dignifying, child embracing, bird loving, table turning, empire resisting, bread breaking, foot washing, cross-bearing, death-overcoming Jesus is what love looks like. What love sounds like. And Jesus shows us that in God's song, there is not a shadow of violence or domination or exclusion or hate. Don't forget that this week. Not a shadow of any of these things in God's song. Since love is Lord of heaven and earth, how can he keep from singing this song? And so Jesus keeps on singing God's song to the very end. And it's so threatening to the political and religious powers of his day that it costs Jesus his life for singing it. But when God raises the singer three days later, 
we learn that nothing, nothing can ever keep this song from being sung. And friends, at this time of the year, every year, we gather together to contemplate a great mystery. That we are part of a vast communion of saints stretching across time and geography. Let that picture just blow your mind. See how it extends into eternity. Hebrews 12 calls it the great cloud of witnesses. It's a community of singers who came before us, who are with us now, and who are yet to come. And the book of Revelation says, or in the book of Revelation, we catch this breathtaking glimpse of all the tribes and all the peoples singing their praises to God. You see, God's song is so exquisitely beautiful that I can't sing it alone. You can't sing it alone. We need a whole church singing together. We need a whole global community singing it together. We need the vast communion of saints across time singing it together. And then maybe, maybe, maybe we will begin to approach the exquisite beauty of God's song of love. Just maybe. <laughs> Every voice is needed. Every voice. Where's Beverly? Even the birds and all of creation. You know, the Psalms talk about creation joining the song of love. And in our world, why do we gather here this morning? Why have we come here? What is the purpose of our church through this lens of singing and music? Let me, let me seek to answer that. In our world right now filled with unspeakable brutality and violence, we have gathered here together today to listen again for God's exquisite song. To remember that its central melody is love. To practice singing this song of love together. And then to carry this song out into our homes and our neighborhoods and workplaces and schools. But friends, our singing here at East Chestnut Street Mennonite Church can also easily slide off key, can easily go flat and turn discordant, especially mine. And that's why we need singers in our day to show us how to sing God's song in new and fresh ways 
and still yet radically in tune with God's song of love. So who have those singers been in your own life who have clarified what singing the song of Jesus is all about? Today you will have the chance to come forward and if you wish to, to light a candle for one of them. I will be lighting a candle today for a Dutch woman named Eddie Hillisum, a Jewish mystic and lover of God who died 80 years ago next month in a Nazi concentration camp at the age of 29. And these two past two weeks, as our world has been exploding with hatred and violence, I've been returning again to read her beautiful biography. Why? Because she shows us how to face square, squarely the evils and horrors of our day and still refuse to hate. Through her prayerful connection with God, she kept on choosing love. And God, through her prayer, kept her heart open and tender to the very end. And how do we know that she kept her heart open? Because from the cattle car that was taking her to Auschwitz, she threw out a postcard. This is just a copy of it. It was addressed here, you can see, to her friend. And though Eddie knew exactly where she was going, she knew that she was going to, got to die in a concentration camp. She wrote here right at the bottom in Dutch, we go singing. We go to the camp singing. Eddie shows us to how to keep on living and singing, even to the very end. Since love is Lord of heaven and earth, how can we keep from singing? Amen.